You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 133 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast and... uh, we are talking about how to write well today, and I suppose this could be both a very broad topic as well as a very narrow one, Autumn. Yes, when I saw the topic for this one this morning, I was like, oh, this is the one where we're like, oh yeah, we'll 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 come up with some tips, it'll be fine. I'm thinking, oh, I wish we had done something more specific. So, <laughs> but I, I sat down and I wrote out some tips. I did my homework for this one, I promise. Wow. That's that's good. So you're probably going to have some very, very good tips today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of them I think you probably already have on your list. And I know you already have a list, so I'm not that worried. Yes, I do have a list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that. <laughs> but so you are we... sort of uh, melting away over there in the US at the moment? Yeah, I don't like um, warm weather. I always laughed when I was in science class and found out that there's a fly that I think if it gets below above 85 degrees Fahrenheit, there's some protein in its brain that unwinds and it kind of like falls over and acts dead until you cool it down. <laughs> really? I'm like, I, yeah, there really is. And when I heard that, I'm like, it's true. I always said my brain kind of just like goes... When it gets too warm, when I get too warm, I'm just not myself. And I'm like, it's true. And it's about 85 degrees. It's definitely my my threshold. And it's it's not, it's probably, it's supposed to be cooler today. I think it's the upper 80s. It's been in the 90s, but it's high humidity. Like literally there's thunderstorms around. So we're at 80 to 90% humidity. You walk outside and it's like breathing water. And it's just, oh, I can't do that. Just no. <laughs> So you're going to fall over any minute now and act dead until Probably. somebody comes and cools you down? Uh, yeah, so if you're suddenly left in charge of the podcast on your own, if people are listening and you're like, where's Autumn? Well, that's, I passed out. It's fine. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I've got a cool drink. I did turn off my AC for the recording. Um, so, you know, listeners, I care about you. The, the sound quality, I turned off my AC, which means we're going to wrap oh. this one up quick. <laughs> yeah, so in about 10 minutes, we're going to be done and out of here. <laughs> that's great. Come on. <laughs> oh, but that's okay. It'll be, I, yeah, you. I don't know if you saw the Instagram picture, but I, I took my dog. I adulted very well. I took my dog to the vet and he did very well. And he was so excited to get out of the cabin because, you know, Adam's been away. Right. He's been up north. So it's just me, me and him, and we. Ha- it's been too warm to go for a walk. He looks like he looks like a fizzy gig with legs. Okay, if anyone needs to picture my dog, he's a fizzy gig with legs, small legs, very small <laughs> legs. And uh, so I haven't been walking him. It's way too hot for him. He's a, he was bred for Northern Scotland. He does not like the heat either. But we, he was so excited to go somewhere to the vet. He was like whining in the car. He never whines, but the whole time he's like. Ah, rah, 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 rah. He was just chattering away. And I finally, we got back from the vet, we got out of the vet and I looked at him and he looked at me and like, you want to go walkies, don't you? And so (laughs) even though it was so hot, I drove him to a nice, there's only so many places around here that there's forested and water 
Vermont does not have a ton of water compared to Maine where I used to live. And yeah. so we did this hike around this lake and I threw him in, had him go chase frogs. He is a um, predator dog. So he loves chasing small creature creatures like frogs. Small and, defenseless creatures. Yeah. He, he likes <laughs> killing things. He's a blood cold murderer. <laughs> I sleep next to him every night. He's <laughs> like a mini dragon. He is. That's where he's been. Um, He's been the inspiration for two of my small sidekick characters. And right. uh, yeah, uh, but by the time we got to the top part of the hike, I just looked at him, said, I didn't bring a swimsuit, but screw it. And I jumped in with him and we had a little bit of a swim. It was good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so how are things on your side? Good. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think for the most part, it's just uh, a lot of sports on TV these days, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting, though, that we have sports again. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and we are, of course, are recording a bit ahead of time here because we are trying to bank some episodes to cover for summer vacation, uh, where, of course, we're still going to release episodes, even though we're going to be on vacation. So we're trying to pre-record. Um, so... That's just uh, to say that what I'm about to mention now already took place some time ago <laughs> by the time you listen to this. So that's why it might seem off a bit time-wise. But anyway, we watched the uh, World Cup final in ice hockey this past weekend. Oh, nice. And it was between Canada and Finland. Oh, those are two good teams. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nerve-wracking experience. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, as the listener might know, uh, my wife is Finnish and my sons are also Finnish citizens uh, as well as Danish. Uh, so, nice. you know, you you can work out who we were rooting for. <laughs> Canada! <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but honestly, I, I felt so bad for my younger son because during the over, it, it went to overtime uh -huh. and then... I don't know if it was like a couple of minutes or something into the, I don't I don't remember but into the overtime one of the Finnish players makes like the slightest mistake. Oh no. And on this level in the World Cup final, you know, just the slightest mistake, it does not go unpunished. Oh. So Canada scored the winning goal as a result. Oh, and my youngest son, he was so sad that he started crying. Oh. He was so so sad. And even the next day when he woke up uh, and I asked him, I always ask him in the morning when, when the boys wake up, I always ask them how they slept. Mm -hmm. And he he said, not really good. <laughs> he was so, so sad. Was, I'm, I felt so sorry for the little guy. He's it just meant so this. much to him to win that final and oh, then they didn't. That's... He's going to need therapy. <laughs> He's going to remember this. 20 years from was, now, he'll remember it, I'm sure. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh. it, it was, uh, yeah, it was not good. But we have a new chance now, though, because the European Championship and soccer are kicking off this week. Oh, so, nice. And actually, on Saturday, Denmark will play against Finland. Oh, oh, that's cruel. So who do you root for in the family? Jeez. You see, that's quite a dilemma. Two. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much a dilemma. But I actually, to be honest, I think it's worse for my sons than it is for me because, you know, I, I'm born and raised in Denmark. So, yeah. yeah, of course, I root for Denmark. Right. But for They're them, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because they are both. Yeah. So who do you root for? I don't know. I'll I make them know. draw straws and then they get switched halfway through <laughs> It's yeah. just with the family two and two, and that's fair. That's just the way it's going to be. 
Yeah, my 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 son's uh, soccer coach actually asked him. So, mm-hmm. uh, who, how are you going to handle the fact that Finland plays against Denmark? And he, he's he's he was sort of you know looking into the sky for a moment, thinking, <laughs> and then he said, "Well, I think I'm going to sort of paint down the middle, and then I'll have Finland and then Denmark, on e- one on each side." You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're adorable. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Okay, so I noticed that the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group has passed 5,000 members now. I Actually, saw that a bit too. more. Yeah. I think we had 5,200 or something when something. I checked this morning. And goodness knows by the time this is released, it's probably going to be 6,000. It's crazy in there. It's so exciting. It's a lot of fantasy authors in one place. Or <laughs> it really is. We're a very powerful and well. I'd say in the group, we're not even that quiet. We're quite feisty, and it's fun <laughs> and chatty and supportive and talk fantasy art and characters and life and promotions. It's it's there. There's always something going on in there. Yeah, for sure. When I I posted about the uh, podcast episode where we talked about the worst things you could oh, ever no. do to a character, yeah, uh, that was uh, episode one twenty eight, and I laughed so much at Terry Ann's response. Did you see that one? No, I, no, I have to go in and see it. I haven't been in there. Uh, I had a small computer swapping issue that we'll discuss later, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of absorbed into fixing a problem. So no, I didn't go see it, but no, what did Terry Ann say? She's pretty funny. Yeah, and remember, we're talking about bad things to do against characters here, so so this response from Terry Ann is, of course, in that nature and therefore also pretty nasty. So uh, <laughs> did you still want to hear it? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, so she said, quote, I have one that I didn't realize until after the fact that I killed everyone she loves. Her parents, her lover, her adoptive mother, one of her children. I'm pretty sure if she ever met me, she would slap me. End quote. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I always, I I can see that. I, I think in that episode, I said, I always feel bad for my favorite characters because I'm so mean to them, but I know they can take it, but I'm so mean to them. I'm. As you said, when I was going through my cursed um, phase this year, you're like, well, you're just the you're the hero in some story. And the author thinks that you're going to, you know, you need to be tortured a little bit for some character <laughs> development. Yeah, that's great. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you could talk to them in real life and they're like, why are you doing all this to me? Well, on the other side, you'll come out a better person. Just trust me. It's just like, no, I don't want to trust you. Stop doing this to me. I want an easy day. Darn it, yes. So whenever you're yelling into the universe of this is so unfair and unjust, think about your characters talking to you. That's how they feel. Yeah, Yeah, could I just for once have one single chapter where nothing bad happens, please? No. It's a lull. You're healing because you're unconscious. No. Yeah, (laughs) indeed, yes. Oh, no, the group has definitely been so much fun recently. So I do love it over there. Yeah. So if you, dear listener, haven't joined us yet, uh, just search for Am Writing Fantasy in the group section of Facebook and you will find us. Yes. And on to today's topic. Actually, I noted that uh, Ernest Hemingway had the following tips when it comes to writing well. So I thought that was probably an interesting place to start. So he said... Sounds good. 
Yeah, he said you should start or you should use short sentences and mm. also use short first paragraphs. What do you oh. think of those two tips to start off on? Um, I would say use varied sentences, but I definitely think a short lead-in sentence, especially for like your first novel. Oh, people work so hard on that first line of their novel. But I sometimes think just a short kind of punchy one that makes you go, huh? is a fantastic <laughs> way of opening a story and keeping that first paragraph kind of short. But I would definitely say I've noticed this and I've talked with other authors about this currently because of the size of reading screens, like Kindle screens are kind of small and people yeah. read on their phones. Shorter paragraphs and shorter sentences are definitely becoming the norm because you don't want to read something that is literally a wall of text on your phone screen. So sent paragraphs have gotten down to like two sentences, which sometimes I think that's crazy. But I also have to admit, whenever I see something that's longer than like three sentences, I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> so so you could, in some way you could say Ernest Hemingway was way ahead of his time. He was thinking about the Kindle before it even existed. Exactly. He just, <laughs> he was ahead of the curve. <laughs> he nailed it. He did. <laughs> I do like some Hemingway quotes because he's the one who said, uh, Write drunk, edit sober. I'm like, yeah, that is <laughs> that's wonderful writing advice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure convinced about that one, but but All it's right. fun at least. But it uh, is right tipsy then. Be drunk on writing. I did write, actually just see that as a, a famous quote by somebody else to always be drunk on your writing because it'll keep you inspired. Oh, okay, yeah. That's one of those fancy quote things that sounds really good, but in reality it's probably not really like that <laughs> <laughs> probably not uh, but uh yeah i don't know i i sort of have some things that sort of it's both here and there and whatever so i i, I there was no like particular order to this stuff to be honest yeah i did the same thing it's just uh yeah it's just some thoughts about okay. this and that here and there well, how about so, we both share, you share a thought and I'll share a thought. And I'm sure we have some thoughts in common because I know one of mine is is totally already on your list. I already know it. Okay. Yeah, we, we can do that. So right. do you want me to start? Sure. Since uh, you volunteered, go ahead. Uh, I, you you can start. It's okay. If you want to, if you feel like that's so important, then uh, uh, If you're intimidated ahead. and want me to go first, I can do that. <laughs> Just make up your mind. You want to go first? Or you go, want me? go, go, go. You share. <laughs> I'm going to melt here. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Well, I think for a start, there is something to be said about using like simple and direct language. Mm, you know, yes. I think clarity brings a lot in order to improve one's writing. So, uh, but I, I think as well, I want to say that there are no like real fixed rules that you need to follow and there's nothing like once you've learned these rules then your writing will be the best it can ever oh, be no. that that doesn't exist no. and i feel like that's probably one of the best things to get out there before we even get any further into this topic no i totally agree and actually that was one of the it's not on my list but it was one of my thoughts is there there are a few rules for writing but at the same time there really aren't like i said one of my favorite poems is the jabberwocky which is 100% nonsensical words, but I love it because it's so much fun to say. Uh, so you 
don't have to even use real language. You can completely make it up and be famous for centuries because it is such a fun poem. So there really aren't any rules, but you need to take everything we say and everything that editors, other authors, other readers say and figure out what fits your style and what you want to create with your writing. But you should also, you know, if you're just learning, following some of the top guidelines will help you maybe uh, figure out where you're going with your own author voice and style. Yeah, I agree. And I think as well that, I mean, of course, we're going we're gonna to share some, some tips here. Uh, and of course, it's not that one should just ignore tips, right? It's good <laughs> no. to take on board uh, good advice and so on and, and, and figure out what works for you. But at the same time, I think the point is just don't follow it blindly, you know? Yes. Always be purposeful. Yes. I think that makes yeah. sense. But for okay. your first one where you talked about um, brevity, I mean, I agree. That's such a... The, I mean, there's so many, there are so many quotes about, you know, kill your darlings, cut out the flowery language, you know, if, if the fewer words that you can use to say something really helps, you don't need to be over prosaic. There are some genres, maybe the literary genres and stuff where you, where those flowery prosaic languages are fun and they're more accepted, but Mostly, yeah. I mean, fantasy has some beautiful descriptions, but then it has a lot of, you know, action and things happening and punchy language. I especially love short, punchy sentences. And yeah, then I'll have, some, you know, some yeah. really long ones. Yeah. So figure out, you know, do some varied, but I definitely, I, I recently had an editor say that they had never read a story. I think, how did she say it? That, you know, use that was so well described and so vivid and real, but use such minimal amount of words. Very, I'm very minimalistic, I guess, in my word choice. I don't repeat hmm. myself, but I don't have tons of weird new words. I just, I want the story to shine, not yeah. how I say the story. No. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So you ready for my first tip? Yeah, for sure. Somehow this became a competition again, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's. Uh, I was just thinking about it before, and then I thought, well, I'm not going to say anything because uh, I don't want to draw attention because the point of this episode is really not to make one of our top 10 no. sort of competition list at all. So no. I'm going to stay away from that, and I'm just going <laughs> to listen and uh, to your advice now. All right. Well, mine is, it's a typical one that you'll hear everywhere, but I have a specific purpose for it. But I would say if you want to learn to write well, you do need to read and read in your genre. But I would say don't just read. My advice is actually to take your favorite book and rip it apart and find out why it is your favorite book. What makes it tick? What is the plot? How are characters introduced? What are the sentence lengths? What is your favorite scene? Don't just read it, but actually pull it apart and look under the hood and see what's there. It's like your own little study, you know, um, if you're in high school, it's your, your private study test or whatever when you're going to work on your own. So do that. It really helps, I think, to look at something you absolutely adore and not just say, I love it, it's my favorite book, but find out why. What mm. in it do you really love? And you will learn probably more from that than I think I did in my college classes on writing. So go and go and tear it apart look at adverb use that'll really tell you in your genre how many how often you should be using adverbs how often you should be using said versus growled or whispered 
look at your favorite story and don't mimic it, but pull it apart, see why you like it, put it back together in your own style and see what you create. Yeah, I think I remember you said at some point as well that uh, when you needed to get your head into the right sort of writing mentality or writing space, then you read you read a bit of George R. R. Martin, I think you said at some point, and then you write back in where you want to be. Yeah, he, there's something about his writing that is so fluid and concrete in this deep point of view that I can read. I have a few favorite paragraphs and pages that I can read one of his and I just... It instantly resets my mind that this is the level of writing I want to do and I can get back into my own voice, but it reminds me of the voice that I'm trying to find. Yeah. I'm still struggling with that, to be honest. I, I fully agree with, with your response or your advice in terms of reading a lot in this genre, and I do that as well. I, I, I always, I'm always reading a book, uh, mm-hmm. one book or the other, but I think i don't know why, but I'm really struggling with finding something that I really like. Um, most of the, I, I try to even pick up stories that are hugely popular and stuff like that, and I just don't, I don't, I don't. They don't engage me very well. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I yeah. don't disagree. The last three or four books I've picked up, I've been frustrated and a little disappointed, and. Yeah, it's. I'm in a definitely a. I'm trying really hard to find something I'm enjoying. I'm actually thinking I want to go read some. I've been sticking to like epic fantasy and regular fantasy, you know, heroic fantasy. I actually think I want to go read some literary fantasy, which has a stronger emphasis on foreshadowing and really deep plots, as well as really strong characters. They sometimes don't do as well in the characters, but. I think I just want to cut my teeth on something with some really strong plot lines. Because if I read something yeah, else maybe. that is nonsensical, I'm going to bash my head against the wall or my Kindle yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm not going to mention the name of either the book or the author here, but uh, I am reading one that is like insanely popular at the moment. I, I, I'm only, okay, to be honest, I'm only like 15% into it. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very long book, like fantasy books sometimes are. Uh, but it's just not engaging me at all. I, I the writing is okay, but it's it's in the past episode we talked about writing in deep point of view, which is the way we write, and that is so much more engaging. And 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 this is not writing in deep point of view, so it's a bit like, yeah, I don't know, it's a bit boring. But that, that's off topic now. But uh, it's more, <laughs> to, I, I, yeah, it, it was just your tip there made me think about how even sometimes if you pick up some very very popular books and you start reading them they might not really do much for you so yeah but again that only supports the fact that you should read a lot because you you know keep reading different books and so on yeah and that's why and i said find what you like your, yeah don't just read don't just pull apart any book find whatever is your favorite book yeah read yeah. that one and figure out why it's your favorite that's a that's good place a good, to start uh, yeah yeah that's a good advice yeah. all right Okay, then the next one here is, it might be the one that I feel is the most important one, to be honest, right. maybe. Because this is very simple in some ex- in some sense, but also very complicated. But it is really <laughs> figuring out what you want to say. Oh, I like that. You That's know, because one. anyone can string sentences together, mm-hmm. but you need to have a story to tell. Yes. And... 
outlining really helps here, to be honest. I was going to ask uh, if you're hinting that you should learn to plot. Well, yeah, we, we of course do have a full step-by-step book on how to plot a novel, but <laughs> and you, if you're interested, you can search for plot development on Amazon and you'll find it, but that was really not why I was mentioning it. The reason I'm mentioning it is that going through the motions of trying to understand your story before you just start writing even if you if even if you're not a plotter and you don't want to do like a full plot or whatever but trying to get your mind around what is this story really about and what is it that I really want to say that will help your writing tremendously and make the story so 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 much better than when you're just sort of doing a brain dump on the page I agree. I mean, whether you outline or, like I said, I, I we have YouTube videos on just a 15-minute, half-an-hour outline, which can do so much for guiding you in a direction, even if you're a pantser. But yeah. I think knowing the purpose of the story, maybe the theme of the story, all of those things can really, one, it'll help you write faster because you'll know you're going in the right direction. You're not just wanderingly through the maze, lost but it'll really help you make a better story and you'll write better because I mean, the point is, is to write a story and to tell tales. There's times that I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. I want to go into that, but I don't have to be a short story somewhere else. It, if it doesn't really involve what is important for this story and this plot or the subplot, it doesn't really need to be in there. So that'll help you with your writing. And so that you're not having readers, I work coaching with other authors and, you know, you don't want your reader going, why did you mention this name? Why did you bring this up? And then you never mentioned it again. Oh my gosh. I hate it. When I read that as a reader that you're like, why did you tell me this? If you never do anything with it. And that's a good point about the uh, YouTube video. So there we have like, I don't know, I will guess like, more than 150 videos probably <laughs> on the Yam Writing Fantasy YouTube channel. So if you need to find some inspiration about how to do a plot for a series or a shorter plot overview or what probably whatever you can think of almost, go to the Yam Writing Fantasy YouTube channel because there are actually YouTube videos on there that yes. is not on this podcast feed. Um, That's right. The first one before we switched. Yeah. Yeah. Before we switched to podcasting, we did YouTube videos. So there's probably like 100 videos, I would guess, that yeah. is not on the podcast feed. So yeah, go go and explore a bit there if you, if you need some help. You'll definitely yeah. find videos that'll help That's, you. <laughs> when you taught me what B-rolls were, we had those were some really good videos. So I think uh, we still get comments yeah. on them. So I know people are still watching them. Yeah, only warning is that some of those videos are very old. So the first <laughs> videos on that channel, they, those are, well, not professionally produced. Let's put it like that. The advice are good, but the production value is not the best. Okay, we all improve in time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> all right. You ready for my second tip? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Mine is learn to craft very vivid characters. And I was going to say realistic, but I don't actually mean realistic because I hate to say it. Real people, real people can be a little boring. <laughs> so yeah. you want someone whose personality, who a friend once said this, described this other person to me that they were like a motorboat when everyone else was in a canoe and like their wake just kind of toppled you right over. That's kind of what you want your characters to be, that whole idea of larger than life, but you also want them to feel like they really could exist. So they're three-dimensional, they have likes and dislikes, 
those are really important by creating a character that is just, you know, overpowers maybe in so many ways, but also feels like someone you really want them to be your friend or you desperately do not want them to be your enemy. Create those types of characters and people are going to be like, wow, that is amazing. No, I agree. And, and characters are, well, the characters, those are why people come back to stories. Um, it is yes. not the overall plot. And what really engages the reader is the character. So yeah. fully agree that that is insanely important. Uh, it might not be directly, well, yeah, to some, it depends on how we interpret improving the writing. Uh, yeah. um, it, it's not specific writing per se but but, but, but yeah. again my my point about figuring out what you want to say is not specific, specific <laughs> to the sentences either right so right. but it's yeah it's about it's, storytelling i guess yes how to yeah. yeah how to tell your story better how's that yeah yeah indeed um uh, so i have two ones that are like short and quick and one of them oh. you already touched upon so i'll just get Excellent. those out of the way and then i'll move on to the to to, to another one okay um so the first one you touched upon that don't use complicated words mm. so i had that one as well um and then uh, another variation of that is use different metaphors that what you use you, you yeah. used to see you know find new ways of saying something that yes. that will improve the writing quite a lot as well yeah uh, so that, that was two small easy ones yeah, to, that's a good to one get out of the way mm-hmm. um and then the next one i have here is any words that can be stripped out without losing the meaning cut it out yes. every time because the more words you remove the better the story will get i agree I mean, there's probably a point where you've removed too many but and occasionally well, it was I without go- losing meaning that's right? true without, without losing, meaning. losing meaning and occasionally i do i mean because i'm you know i'm the i'm the editor hat usually on in the two of us and yeah i'm often taking out words but then i'll sometimes stop and be like I need an adverb. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm adding something massively something or you know, massively booming, you know, something I'm adding in there because those words are fun. It's good to remember to put in some of those fun adverbs occasionally, but yeah. it is, there's times where I'm editing and I'm like, okay, there's four words that I can turn into one. And I will always switch to something that is Ernest, Ernest Hemingway must be, you know, I'm channeling him at times. I just really like <laughs> to shorten up the sentences to drop all the uh, does. They call them sticky sentences, which is what I learned through pro writing aid. I didn't know they had a term, but when you have something that has all those filler words, like in the a, all those little ones that really don't have meaning. They're the, just the little bits there that kind of connect everything with to the more of those stuff you can remove, the punchier and more concrete your sentences are. And the more you get out of them, you don't get lost in all those little words that you're like, why are, where are we going with this sentence? You don't want to have those sticky ones. They make people just stop and go, wait, I have to start over again. I don't know what you were saying. No, I agree. Absolutely. All right. So I actually went on ones on my list was learn to plot, but I think we kind of, we kind of covered that yeah. one. Yeah, kind of, yeah. 
But I would say for fantasy, again, this is not a sentence structure one, which is funny. I'm avoiding, I'm the editor and I'm avoiding all the sentence structure ones. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say learn to world build something unique and then learn how mm. to share it with readers without info dumping or confusing the crap out of them. Right. Uh, one of the stories I just recently read, which is interesting because I actually meant to mention this one with the characters as well. But again, I won't mention any names, but it was an impressive world. And this was not Brandon Sanderson. I will say that it was someone else. Very impressive world, really in depth. All this history. I was so freaking confused. He did a (laughs) horrible job explaining any of how it related to the world and how who these people and gods and all these things were. I literally had to, I finished the book and I kind of had an idea and then I read through the glossary and then I'm like, oh, nope, still don't get it. (laughs) It's sad. I had to literally just suspend my own questioning or I would never have gotten past probably the third chapter because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Will you please explain what the frig you're talking about? He just horrible. And he was the same way with some characters. He literally didn't describe a character, a sidekick, until three quarters of the way through the novel. Up until that point, I knew one thing about this sidekick. Okay. Of how it looked. Three quarters of the way through the novel, I finally got a description. I was like, thank you. That's weird. I've got to now revise everything I've thought up till now. It ended, yeah. And he'd also did the same thing with um it was one of the first times i've read a book where i can honestly i i see a lot of authors saying you know i don't know how to write men if they're a woman or a woman saying i don't know how to write um a man saying i don't know how to write women it's one of the few times i can say you have two types of women in your novel assassin cold-hearted or mousy and insane and that was it so when i say write vivid characters write vivid characters of every genre color race no one should be one of two characteristics because i finished it going i don't care who's buying this book they're not women (laughs) i read it and i'm kind of like this is almost insulting i'm either okay these are my two types of characters (laughs) so Learn to world build and learn to describe things and make sure you describe things appropriately, but don't info dump. So that, that, that circled back to what my point was, is you should create something amazing. This world that I just read was really, truly unique and amazing. I think from what the hints I got out of it, I, I assume it seemed it under the hood from what I was gathering. I just don't know how it works. It reminds me of the advice um, to give when, if you are to read The Silmarillion. Have you ever read that one? No, I haven't. I will okay. one day, I swear. Uh, yeah, I have it on my Kindle and I'm, I'm going to read it for the second time. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, it's a very nerdy book to read, of course, it, because it's not really a story as such. It's more right. like a world compendium. But their advice when reading The Silmarillion, so I can give this to you now that is, since you haven't read it. But the advice okay. is... Just read it. You know, you're going to get like 250 names of this son's <laughs> father to that blah, blah, blah. And do not try to understand who is who. Just, Just read for it. and ignore it. Because you are going to get so lost and you have no idea five pages later what the he- who is actually who here. Oh, because God. it's impossible to follow. 
All right. Uh, and there is full glossaries and all that, but just forget it. Just read it for, you know, the history of the world and just ignore all the people. Okay. All right. Honestly, that's the only way to read the Silmarillion without going insane. <laughs> That's. I will keep that in mind. Though speaking of that, I don't know if you saw. I just saw on uh, shared on Patreon, Patreon that um how to create your own magic book. I'm just gonna stick with my own philosophy of how to do that, and I'll ignore the similarity. Uh, I can't even pronounce it today. Silmarillion. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, my brain slowly. Those proteins. Yeah, are you're melting now. You're melting. Yeah. We need to. We need to speed up. <laughs> All right, but yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna. I will save that for um, later in cooler weather. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I found a piece of advice from George Orwell. Mm-hmm. Now this is not something new to most of us, I think, but at the same time, it's it's a good reminder, and that is not to use passive voice when you oh. can use active voice. That's a good reminder. Yeah. So the example Orwell Orwell uses was. The man was bitten by the dog. That is very passive. That is very passive. And not very engaging. And it is better to say the dog bit the man. Yes. That's active and it's much more engaging. And again, we talked about deep point of view early on. And if you write in deep point of view, you usually do not have the passive voice problem uh, as much at least. Yes. And I, I, it's funny. I have seen that with editing a lot of books. I and mean, I do it too, that I often see something in passive voice that you don't even have to switch the noun. They have like, she was sitting down. You can just change that to she sat down. Yeah. I, I've noticed if you see a was and then a verb adding in an ending in an INTG, I can guarantee you that is the verb that should be where the was was <laughs> or was yeah. is. Was was is. Was was <laughs> is. <laughs> just became a Dr. Seuss episode. <laughs> but I'm. I've just I've seen it so many times, maybe because I've been like editing like crazy since like May or April or something. But I just I've seen that so often in so many different authors, and I'm like, this is really they could just I don't see anyone else having this rule. But if you have a was and some a verb ending and ending in ing, you just you get rid of the was and turn the verb into the active choice and that's all you need. It's perfect and it'll make your writing that much stronger because you'll be an active voice and it will not be this kind of passive oh is that she was sitting down no she sat she just sat down it's fine yeah no indeed yeah and it's funny exactly my my next one was um to write informative and punchy dialogue so i think we covered that yeah we did yeah i I I like punchy dialogue my editor sometimes doesn't like my punchy dialogue but i like my punchy dialogue But so my, this is actually my last one on my list, is to add humor to your writing. So, yeah, a lot of authors, it's a tough one for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of authors use romance or friendship as a good subplot, as a way of binding characters, getting that emotional investment from the reader. But there's that old saying that if you can laugh together, you can stay together when they talk about marriages. It's also true with your characters and with your readers. If you can make them laugh out loud, they will kind of love your book just a little bit more than even a romance scene. So keep that in mind. I like starky characters and I love sarcasm. So yeah, you're going to definitely find that in my books. But sometimes it's I've had a few 
maverick maniac kind of characters and even the book I just read that I couldn't understand the world and I didn't really like some of the female characters because they were like one of two types except for the main the hero's wife who ended up in prison for three quarters of the novel doing absolutely nothing but anyway <laughs> there were parts anyway. of the, yeah, there were parts of the book I absolutely adored because some of the banter between characters and this kind of devil may care sarcastic attitude I'm like dude i like you so that overcomes quite a lot of sins no i agree i agree fully uh adding humor makes a huge difference but i I personally find it very very difficult um also to come up with something that feels like smart enough if you know what i mean smart enough humor is is it's yeah. difficult, I think. And it, I do think it's funny because I know when the best scenes I come up with are one of those ones like, you know, you're in the middle of cooking dinner or something. And you're like, oh, this is the perfect dialogue. And you like have to basically burn everything or shut yeah. everything <laughs> off. And you run and write it down. There's something about humor where I think it just it is something that comes. You can't create it out of nothing. It comes from inspiration. But when it comes, you're like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I do think, but it's, if you can f- develop that, learn, I don't know, do it, learn improv. That would be a good class to learn to do some fun humor Maybe, and just yeah. come up with Maybe. some stuff. Yeah. But I think it will really, it would add a lot to a lot of stories that I read and they seem good, but man, if you can make me laugh and especially if you, you know, snort tea, my goal in every, every interaction with people is to make them snort a hot or a very cold liquid. That is perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. That's good advice. I have two more and right. uh, then I think that's it. Uh, they're short. So right. the first one is just very simple, but make sure to hook the reader. Oh yes. That's simple. But very effective. It is. And I think, um, not to make it take longer, but we say hook and people understand the concept. But I think sometimes they don't realize what what that actually means in concrete advice. And it's it can be anything. You just want to make them read the next sentence, whether it's curiosity, whether it's an emotional outcome. You just want to make them keep reading. And that's all hooking is. It's There's a lot of different ways of doing it from emotions to curiosity, to, I don't know, excitement. foreshadowing, excitement. Yeah, yeah that's all. Yeah. It's finding that reason that the you hit the paragraph or the period and you go, no, I got to know what comes next. Yeah, indeed. And especially with the first chapter, of course, that's oh, important. Yes. Uh, and the next one uh, is also very short, but just sort of general good advice. It's not really about the writing itself but it's more taking a break from it and you know mm. walk away from your writing leave it alone for a bit and then come back and have a look at it with a fresh pair of eyes that's usually going to help a lot to improve the the text i think so too especially um if you're editing or you're writing and you do hit that wall especially to me editing if you if the words are starting to run together and you're just kind of fed up or you're if you find yourself trying to finish on an artificial deadline that you are completely 100 percent in control of walk away from it don't force yourself i admit i just kind of took a weekend break i meant to like edit a zillion chapters and instead i finished reading a book and then i did a really good drawing sorry esper i didn't get much (laughs) editing done but i felt so much better when i opened it up on monday i was like 
oh, you know, boom, 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 just got stuff done. Yeah. It flowed yeah. so nicely. So yeah. everyone needs a break every once in a, a while. A break is good once in a while for sure. It is. Yeah. Good. And I think sort of uh, maybe to round things off, um, mm. I think it's worth saying that the more you write, the better you'll get at it. Yes. <laughs> and why I'm saying that is because some some people think that you're like natural born as a mm. good writer, but that's not the case. You know, no. practice is the only thing that'll make you better. Yeah. And of course, it is challenging, especially because writing is very subjective, and that only makes it even more challenging. Um, but you get better as you go along, and it also gets easier as you go along. So, yes. And look good. at me. I sometimes could do things in reverse, but in general, it gets easier. But and you I also to... fail them. So. <laughs> so, I live in reverse sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I agree. I mean, when I look back at my debut novel versus what I'm writing now, oh, <laughs> you yeah. get better. You get better. Your next book, there's a certain point where you have done the best you can for your skill level right now. Just go to your next story. It's okay. And just keep writing. Amen. So next Monday, we are doing something slightly different because we have collected a bunch of questions from our listeners and we are going to answer as many as we can. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.